Aloha, all you moneymakers out there. This is Indar, and I'm your Hawaii moneymaker, and I have an amazing guest today. We've just been talking for the last 30 minutes, so we need to start talking to you guys. Um, excited to introduce uh, Leika here. She is, she's like my sister. She's amazing, amazing person. Um, you guys are going to get to know her in a second and love her as much as I do. Uh, she has a, a huge background in some high-end flips. She's doing commercial. She does, she's been at this business for a while. I actually look up to her and some of the great things that she does as well um, from raising capital and so forth. And super excited to have her on our podcast. So you guys be ready uh, and let's get this going. Just before we get started, I'd love it if you guys could subscribe below and that way we can reach more people and just help people make their money work for them in any different way we can. Thank you guys and let's get started in today's content. So thank you guys for uh, listening and super excited to have Lake on. So let's dive into how we know each other. You know, who are you and uh, <laughs> you know, all the good stuff, amazing stuff about you. You know, we, we Hi, met. Hi, <laughs> How did we meet? And uh, I actually didn't remember that was how we actually met, as we were saying earlier. I thought well, it was an event, but it was. Uh, yeah, um, I have known Indar like a little over a year now and absolutely love him. I I look up to him as honestly someone who um, is crushing the flipping game. Um, someone who's just such a genuinely good guy, um, you know, and just someone that inspires me to no end. And so I'm excited to be here. And we know each other because we have a common friend. And that common friend was uh, at dinner with Indar and FaceTime me. And that's how Indar and I met. And then um, we quickly grew to be like after one Zoom call, we just knew we, we had to be friends. And then luckily we were on the same mastermind. It was Brandon and Tarl's mastermind mm -hmm. in uh, Sedona. And was it Maui first? No, it was Sedona first. Sedona, yeah. Sedona first. And uh, we've just been friends since then. I feel like there's masterminds when we go and become friends with each other. Like we get friends really quickly. It's something about being like because we're tearing down ourselves too in these masterminds we're really diving right. into all our struggles and problems so it's like you become friends like something that it would have grown like five years to be friends like we became closer friends just really easily and quickly instantly instantly yeah, yeah. it's it's a weird description but you know yeah. what I mean right it's like you yeah no I, I get it I, yeah. yeah you talk it's, about some deep things and it's like Okay, now I feel like I just have known you my whole life. You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's like something it, it would have took like years and years to build. We just built a right. friendship quicker than than a normal person would. So maybe right. it stems we have like minded. You know, we have the entrepreneurship background. We have the same a lot of same goals, same mindsets. You know, all of that. You know, yeah, I, I guess stems together. Like it literally is like my sister. I swear, I think we're the same age, <laughs> we're the same ethnicity, um, our yeah. same mindset. Um, you guys don't know, but I think we've been talking for like 30, 45 minutes even before this. And <laughs> every time I'm talking to her, it's just amazing to to talk and rap with her. Um, uh, you know, the, even the first time I talked to you, I think I talked to you for like over an hour. <laughs> So, I know, and I'm like, where did the time go? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. But um, you're up in Seattle, and yes. you've done some beautiful high-end flips, and some really nice. You know what you you gave me one time was 
I had uh, the mindset that I wanted to do like a hundred flips a year because I want to be like Ryan Panetta. And you said, he's got to do, you know, a hundred flips a year to do what we can do in five to 10 flips, you know, a year yeah. uh, with our profit margins. And that stuck with me. And I remember that very, yeah. very vividly because I was trying to do a hundred flips a year and well, it's a lot easier to, to do, you know, 10 to 20, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because Ryan and I were on a bus ride in Maui one time and we were sitting next to each other. And when he uh, told me his business model and I told him mine, we were like, wow, we're making the same amount of money, but I work a lot less. And he yeah. has a huge team that runs all his flips, you know. Yeah. So that's the difference is you can be even just as one person, you can be flexible and nimble and do just as much. It just depends on the business model. Yeah. Did you think about that beforehand before you, you're on that bus, right? Like, were you trying to? No, I didn't. Because you only talk to people from your own city who do the same things that you do. But yeah. then when you go out and you meet people like Ryan or, or Ian Reeves, you know, mm -hmm. they do a lot of scale for a, a little profit. And we do a lot of profit with mm -hmm. fewer because we just can't afford to do as many um a single family flip in seattle averages at a million dollar price point for like the acquisition the rehab and all the holding costs and so it's impossible to do 100 flips um a year you're, you're just getting my mind thinking i, I want to try and do that <laughs> like I, I like challenges <laughs> like, um but so you've been flipping right actually if you guys check out her instagram we can plug it now if you want uh she has some really beautiful designs i really like your designs and your creativity on okay. it which people don't realize it's really important in that high-end yeah. market you know wouldn't you say that how's that creativity yeah. you know it helps with selling yeah. it and, and uh over yeah over a certain price point i think buyers become super picky and high maintenance and so you have to basically um adhere to their sensibilities and mm. so like if it, if it's not a certain caliber of material or quality then it, it just doesn't sell because at that price point they can get something better somewhere else so yeah. it has to be a super well designed um good quality home but it's all the little things, you know, lights under the cabinets and accents. And yeah. do you remember when accent walls were kind of not a thing? Like it was kind of a yeah. ballsy move to be an accent wall because you weren't sure people yeah. were, you know, like, and now it's like, you have to have it. Like it's like a mandatory thing. <laughs> I know how yeah, exactly. Um, I actually just walked one of my flips that's coming on the market next yeah. week. And uh, we incorporated wallpaper into the house. And so mm. it just looks really fancy and fun and different. So, I'm so jealous. I want to do wallpaper too. I have, we, there's no wallpaper people here that do it. So I'm, I'm oh. have my contractor do it. And I'm worried because I don't want it to like the, the edges to, you know, peel and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so true. I've really been wanting to do I even looked at Amazon for some wallpaper see what i can find because <laughs> we don't have it here <laughs> yeah but, so we met at the mastermind we we really have the same goals and mindsets um you're getting you're more into commercial and multifamily than me i'm on your coattails really uh and uh what are you what are you interested in now with the multifamily and commercial yeah. space and 
that's your new kind of passion and interest in a sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, I bought an office building, like I never thought I wanted an office building, but I bought an mm -hmm. office building and um, I just finished the reno. It took twice as long and twice as much and cost twice as much. <laughs> but um, now that it's completely done, it looks really good. Um, I, in fact, host my in-person meetups at the office building and um, it looks really good. We leased out three out of seven spaces and... Um, the location is just killer. It's like downtown Seattle. Um, so it's a new learning for me, you know, how to set it up, how to lease it, how to properly manage it. So it's been cool to see it come into life. Um, the other thing too is this year, I finished my first syndication. So I found the deal. We underwrote it. Great deal. It's 12 units in Seattle. Raised all the capital I needed in four days. And... Uh, and it was just, it's just a really fun deal. And then it's a huge rehab uh, project because that's the kind of buildings I buy. It was extremely distressed. It was a $500,000 CapEx. Um, and we just got four units done and released to market. Really? So, yeah. So we're just excited to, you know, uh, do more of these. Have you have you finished leasing the whole thing up? You're going to start your refi now and so forth? No, or we sell just, it. You're gonna sell we, it. No, we are gonna refinance it. We just finished um renovating four units. Yeah. Oh, so um, we're gonna... gonna go on on market soon. Yeah. yeah. Do you start your loan process now, or when do you gonna start talking with the banks? So actually, not until next year because we do have bridge financing until the mm. end of next year, uh, mm. with certain lending. Mm. And so once that comes to um basically once that ends then maybe like mid next year hopefully interest rates are down a little bit um so we can start shopping it around four and then well, what we, what about the idea of refinancing sooner than later so you can get the investors money back and then you can use that money to do more you know or i know your bridge debt is probably going to be the same as what <laughs> what normal interest rate is right now at this point so actually <laughs> my bridge close. debt is cheaper, cheaper that's why yeah. we're waiting till end of next year it's yeah. cheaper my bridge debt is only five and five point five nine percent whereas i had to actually get a proper like long-term loan on it now it's like more like eight percent and you guys got there with charles guys it was like 75 percent ltv they, they did yeah. yeah yeah and then you syndicated the rest of it all been... exactly I've been so interested in wanting to do that syndicate model and so forth. How, what was the purchase price? Of it? The purchase was 2.45. Mm. Um, the rehab was like close to 500 K. So the whole thing was like a $3 million mm. uh, project. What do you think it's going to be worth after? You know, before, before this whole thing shifted with the market, it was going to be worth about close to four. Once the nice. construction was done and all the units were filled um we're still shooting for that target but you know who knows um right after we closed on it a fourplex just down the street sold for 1.85 mm. and we were at 12 plex for 2.45 and so i think we got a pretty good deal on this building well commercial is more of a long-term play so they'll look at exactly. all those comps and yeah they'll exactly. hopefully use an average cap rate of the area yeah so exactly right. that that cap rate shouldn't adjust too much in a in a yeah in yeah. that span of things 
Right. Plus, I think anytime you're adding massive value by renovating the unit so much, you are raising equity instantly. Yeah, yeah. You're forcing it. Yeah. Forcing well, it. Yeah. And you added, and you added rents. You raise rents, and hopefully lower some expenses here and there. Yeah. You know, when we bought the building, listening. like the rents were at eight thousand dollars for the whole building, hmm. and uh, once we finish renting it out, it'll be like twenty to twenty-four. What? Jeez, yeah. even double, that's a triple. That's amazing. Yeah. Whoever owned that That's how badly was, managed this yeah, I was going to say, whoever's doing uh, People who is listening out there, the difference, what we're talking about here is in fix and flip, the valuation of a property, we force appreciation by adding uh, rental, new floors, new windows. New, we're forcing the value in that way. And multifamily and commercial, we're forcing value by raising rents and lowering expenses, guys. So just a little FYI, the difference of the two, how you evaluate this. And uh, the secret in multifamily is trying to value add. As, as we right, exactly. If anyone's listening, sometimes uh, my wife tells me you got to keep that simple <laughs> Real estate's its own little language, you know, lingos. We're, yeah. we're, we're talking, uh, you know, sometimes there's so many acronyms. I, I'm guilty of Googling stuff sometimes. I'm like, what did they mean by that? That like, you know, it's like three initials or something. Like, what the hell did they mean? Yeah. yeah, exactly right. What is ARV? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all of it. It's, it's uh, you know, they yeah. don't, they don't like to use single family you know sf or they don't like to use yeah. purchase and sale agreement i don't i don't know why the whole abbreviation thing is, is a is a popular thing but oh, cool. I, I never thought about it we're always looking for shortcuts is that it? i don't know that's so exciting that I, I love that you did the syndication model and you didn't just yeah. do a normal fix and flip model you know gap funds yeah. and raise with investors you won't went down that route because I've been myself wanting to go down the syndicate model and I'm still inclined to do the, the what was your, the whole model? Was it 70, 30 and so forth? And yeah, yeah. it was uh, 70, 30 with um, uh, five year. It was, it's a five-year project. Yeah. Three to five years. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, you know, we raised all the money we needed from 30 investors total. Um, so it, it worked great. And the how much did you have to raise? A million point two. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then the cool thing is too, I think, you know, just this was like a proof of concept for us mm -hmm. to see how the back end systems worked, to see how, you know, if we were even capable of raising money. Um, and then also how would we rehab a, an apartment building and then um, stabilize it. So this was a proof of concept. Once it's done, then we're going to start. I mean, we're already underwriting five, $10 million deals next. So yeah, yeah. hopefully we'll have one of those under contract. Well, so what did you find in the rehab of doing apartment buildings? Was it easier? I, I found it's almost easier than the house. So it is a lot easier because there's not a lot of structural changes and there's not, not a lot of design elements. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you have to make it tenant proof. So there's little things that we had to add and do. And then we found like these staircases um, inside the building that were mm. not even being used. Mm. And so we incorporated those into the apartments. So each uh, apartment ended up becoming larger. 
because we were able to create like pantries and closets from the staircases. They're in the units itself, like these staircases? They were, so these staircases were right in the middle of the two units. Mm -hmm. So we like broke it and then incorporated those into the units. Oh, you opened the space up so you can go underneath the staircase in a sense and created more space. And no, the thing is like every unit has its own staircase going from the outside. So then these staircases inside were just redundant. So that's great. We need it. Yeah. Problem problem solvers. Problem solvers. Problem solvers. <laughs> yeah. Creative thinkers. Creative thinkers, yes. Yeah. People don't realize how much of an expertise you have to be in. Not expert, but you often there's no you one have to, to basically you. every day you have to think outside the box and there's yes. one more thing i'll say is you know you can have a w2 you can be a techie you can be a doctor you can be in medical sales you can be you can be all these advertising whatever it is you can show up to work and have a certain set of skill sets that you bring to work every day mm -hmm. and that suffices right but yeah. what we do as entrepreneurs and real estate investors first of all a lot is riding on our own finances, right? If something could go wrong and you could get bankrupt. Um, but the other thing is like when you show up to work every day, the skills you had yesterday and the day before, they don't apply to today's work. Yep. Today, yep. You, you need to either adapt, adopt, or like learn a new set of skills that you've never had to learn before. So, so it's such a different kind of mindset. Like, you know, it, it, that's why there's not too many real estate investors that do this full time yeah. because it is very risky and you every day you have to be motivated to bring it and to push that needle just one inch. To bring it, I like. <laughs> you, 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 gotta, you're, you gotta like, you're a man of many, or woman of many hats, you know? Many hats, one, yeah. One day you're this marketing guru, figure out how to market, and the next day you're working on sales. Next day, yeah. you're raising capital, you're working with loans, and you you almost got to be like an expert. Like I was talking to just a commercial lender the other day, and you almost expected to know everything that they know. And mm. here's this lady who's been doing it 35 years. Yeah, you know, I have to be like on it to be able to to have a, a deep conversation with them. And uh, you know, and then you're going back into your office and you're talking to you know somebody else about something else <laughs> exactly right like or, it's just, or you're on the construction job and you can talk to the contractor yeah. and they're asking you know, you know the funny thing is i do a lot of public speaking now um i'm on large stages like talking to investors and know, other right? people in real estate and i'm like wow this is another skill that i have to bring to my day job you know like i have to emcee a conference like i've never done that before like how is that going to pan out and it's kind of crazy you know you're you're amazing up there in the stage you are actually a great great speaker and um, uh, i i think you have a great uh, passion or love or just i don't know everyone here that's ever met like as everyone's like loves you and uh, oh. they're so close to you everyone i've ever talking to including myself and so you know you have that friendship that comes off onto people almost like like brandon brings on his podcast i feel like brandon is everyone's best friend yeah uh, through through his podcast and you portray that as well and that's oh. that's that's key to building rapport and trust and uh yeah it's 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 a, a great 
characteristic to have. Um, I wish I had it more too sometimes. No, you do. You are so like no, I'm charming and head. genuine. And... I'm trapped in my head most of the time. <laughs> Thinking about the million and we have 18 flips going and something has happened somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Story of our lives. Yeah, exactly. And trying to do bigger and trying to grow. Well, let's talk about that. What, yeah. why didn't you just stop, you know, or stop and steady where you at? Why do you keep growing? Why do you keep pushing? What, what do you think it is in you that keeps, because I mean, you could stop. You can be completely fine right now. Your husband has a great job. You know, you guys are well off. Like you don't have to keep going. Yeah. You know, what is you know my, my problem is that I love to be in front of learning curves. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't like being complacent. It scares me. And so like once I like flipping homes, I can do that in my sleep now. Yeah, I know. So, too. you know, so I'm like, okay, now what's next? Let's go buy an apartment building or let's go subdivide a lot or let's go do an addition or let's take on this challenging triplex to fiveplex conversion. Like, these are all things that I've done and it's like constantly reinventing yourself because it just keeps life so interesting. That's all it is. It's like, okay, how do we make this interesting for us? And then it's like exciting to show up to work. Like if I just flipped homes, I'd be pretty bored. Yeah. We're talking about our comfort zone here and pushing for more. I, I you know, my, I actually asked my dad the same question the other day, you know, dad, you know, I, why do I keep, going what is it in me and he told me that even if you were to stop real estate stop you know live off your rentals you would just dive into something else in general and go yeah. full into it so might as well keep doing this because this pays well and it's you know legacy build and all the other stuff compared yeah. to yeah. how we just go into uh, paddling i uh, use paddling or whatever i i would just dive in head first into that and just head first fully, yeah yeah absolutely so why not keep doing this pushing our push pushing our comfort zones i think that's what we're doing pushing our comfort zones yeah yeah we're, we're comfortable at flipping we could have stopped and keep being yeah. a flipper but now we want that challenge or comfort zone to keep keep pushing for more you know uh, yeah uh, it's it's the fact exactly passion for it actually talking about passion would you say uh, talk about this uh, i was thinking about this the other day that like i have a passion for paddling I love paddling um and then you know I got into real estate real estate wasn't like a passion at start I feel like the more effort you put into something the more uh you get good at it successful at it, make money yeah. at it I think it you create a passion for things like people don't yeah. realize that your passion is not sometimes up front with you it's something that's grown or something I mean would you agree or would you how would you define your I think it's like picking up a sport, you know, um, mm. you can't have passion for skiing till you get good at it. Mm -hmm. Trust me, my passion shoots up every February when I have to go on my ski trip and then it just dies right after that. <laughs> um, so I think it is like, you know, as you get good at something, it does become more fun. And when things become fun, then they become a passion. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started working in real estate I just thought it was the most stressful thing but I just genuinely enjoyed it and now it's like you know it could be a passion because it's like it's just so fun for me um 
So yeah, I agree. What about um? So one of the great things I love I learned from Leica is how she raises capital and how she gets investors and uh, how she manages it all through the portal and all that great stuff. And I literally, I literally took your advice and went, went and went with it. Um, yeah. How is it? How is it raising capital and doing that whole process? Yeah. And what is what? What do you think you became so good at it? Like. You're, you're really great at raising capital. Yeah. You know, I think just putting myself out on social media has been huge. Um, and then I, I host a virtual meetup and also an in-person meetup. And um, because I host these meetups I and I have a, a great attendance, um, what started to happen was people kept asking me if I had projects that they could invest in. And so just, you know, as a whim, I started an invest next account and uh, because that's a really good tool for capital raisers because everything is like super well managed and the back end process is great um it's basically a capital raising tool so you can do everything from collecting data to collecting funds like having all of your docs whether it's promissory note or whether it's your uh, general partnership agreements um lp agreements for syndications because um, it's also a syndication tool, like it's a an investor management tool for syndications. Um, so I was like, okay, what? I don't have a syndication. Why don't I just learn to raise capital on this on this tool? So that's kind of what I did. And uh, once I started putting the link out there and saying, hey, you can now invest with me, I started quickly getting people on the portal to the point where now there's like. 20 million on the portal that people want to invest in my projects. Um, so, you know, that happened. And then when I did have a project, I basically just floated it around to my network that was on invest next. And I raised all the money through that network. Um, and also people that have attended the meetups and, you know, that want to invest with me. Um, you host a meetup, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've been hosting one every so often, not regularly scheduled, but we need yeah. to. <laughs> Right. So, um, so just like, you know, hosting the meetups too, it just puts you in, in front of a really great group of people. So your meetups are pretty huge too. You have a lot of people. I do. I do. And I think it's because, you know, we've been doing this a long time. My meetup started back in 2018. Mm. Um, and then through COVID, I did three years of virtual meetups. Um, and so, and after that, now we've just started our in-person meetup. So yeah. it's, it's been really good. Like, you know, people, how many people you get, you get a couple hundred, right? Something like that. Um, so on the virtual meetups, we have like a hundred, 150 and the in-person yes. meetup, is like, yeah, also 80 to hundred people. Jeez, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. But I think what you, you didn't, you kind of rolled over one thing. People invest with you because They've seen what you do and they trust yeah. you and they've, they've seen some of your work, you know, you're, you know, you're not brand yeah. new at this. You've done some amazing projects. And I think yeah. that goes a long way with people, you know, seeing that, you know, your, your expertise, your skill set in, in this industry. Um, and because I also feel investors not just invest with the project, but they invest with the person. They invest with, Absolutely. you know, you know, you should really enjoy that person, trust that person, and know that they're good at it. I, I heard it the other day. Somebody was in, going to invest in a deal, and they were questioning the investor about, "Hey, did you, you know, check out that roof?" And and the answer was, 
if you really think I didn't look at that roof, you probably shouldn't be investing with me. You know, yeah. it, it's you're investing with somebody that has the knowledge to know that he should be looking at that exactly. roof, or, you know, or know exactly how he should right. be doing yeah. all of that kind of stuff. It wouldn't even be a question to be asked. Yeah, the operators, honestly, it is the key. Um, like I have investors, private lenders on my flips a lot because I borrow bridge money, right? Mm-hmm. And if like at any given time, I can just put my hands up in the air and be like, oh, this project's too tough. But I have a track record of having close to like 40 private lenders and I've never defaulted in any of my loans, any. What, why didn't you do your commercial and do it like a flip and raise that way instead of syndicate? Because you could have. Because I wanted to scale. So this syndication was just a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. My next syndication, and it's a small syndication, right? This whole project was only 3 million. My next one's going to be 5 to 10 million. And I can't do that with just private financing. So this was kind of my way of setting it up so that I could do a syndication from start to finish and know the entire process before I took on like a five or $10 million deal. And I did the same thing with my single family flips. Like I didn't want to buy another project till I had finished one project. Mm. And once I did one project and I like bought the deal, I closed on it, completed my rehab. I put it on the market. Then I sold it and I closed escrow. It was only after I closed escrow that I said, okay, now I have the confidence to go buy a second project. Mm-hmm. Once I did my third project, then I did eight. But till I got the hang of it, I wanted to do it one or two at a time. And this is also my advice to a lot of new investors. Like people get into it and they're like, oh, let's buy that building and this building and that house and this house. No, like understand what you're doing. Like, right? It's already a very challenging, hard process. Anything yeah. can go wrong and a lot of things will go wrong. Yes. So same with, with having partners. Like if you don't, you guys may be best of friends, but do one project before you start scaling with your partner to see how you, what you each bring to the table. Yeah. 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 That's so true. I love that. It's like a proof of concept. I love that idea of how to, you're not, you're not looking at it for, today and now you're looking at big picture you look at growth yes. mindset like how do i grow how do i scale from the yeah. from the, off the bat you know and this is what i'll take to scale and like which of my team members is going to bring it which of my team members is going to drop the ball like you know it is so much to think about it's not just about you yeah there's just so much going on so yeah and yeah and not yeah manage the construction and the team and all that other hundred and stuff that we're not even talking about that yeah exactly and then like property management like are they like able to lease it like is this the right person for your Mm -hmm. um project like this is so much so it's you got to be really do you have property manager on your commercial one yes so my property manager is someone that manages all of my portfolio Mm -hmm. so he manages all my single family my multi-family and also my apartments and my office so my commercial so he manages all of it great that's great you have somebody to trust i really i kind of micromanage my property management i always have meetings yeah. with them i'm always like kind of on them nicely but um, nicely yeah yeah asking yeah me too yeah you got to micromanage them and, uh, yeah know, for sure you can't just let it go people think oh you get rentals and you just 
you don't see them again. And no, it's you're still even if you have property management, you're still involved heavily in in, in it more than people realize. Exactly. But though maybe you're not calling that contractor to do work, but you still are heavily involved. Yeah, exactly. People, I think, think it's. I think people have that mindset sometimes. Oh, you know, you get a rental property, you you can live off of that, and you're gonna have a property management. Uh, I think yeah. that's the wrong mindset sometimes. Because one, you can't live off of just one or ten rentals. You gotta have no. some kind of other income to offset you, or um, you know, if you have something break, a new roof for twenty grand. I, I just have a roof. I just signed for fifteen grand for one of my rentals. You know, if I was trying to live off of that rental uh, you'd be screwed to, it, totally yeah it'll exactly. war chest if you don't have a war chest going on so yeah um <laughs> i actually love talking to you um what is uh what is some of your stuff that you've been working on today or what are you, what have you been struggling with anything or what what changes oh. i know i just asked you like three questions but <laughs> Um, okay, so what I'm working on right now is three single-family flips, two in-state, one out-of-state, um, my 12-unit apartment building, getting my seven-unit office building leased out, mm-hmm. um, and then I just got permits to a triplex to fiveplex conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been working on. And also underwriting... Fiveplex to fiveplex conversion. So you're going to convert it to a fiveplex. Wow. That's a yeah, so... Idea. So basically there's a basement unit. The, the basement mm. is just like a dingy concrete right now and needs to be converted to a fully functioning unit. Oh, it becomes um, commercial then. So you're taking from single family to commercial. Yeah. To from from yeah. Mm. Yeah. Conventional to commercial. And then the there's a top unit, which is just a single unit, which we're gonna put a wall in the middle and make it a two unit. Oh, that's great. I love the creativity of you know being to add value in finding what others may not see, you know, I can do this, yeah, change that. Sure. I mean, that's what it takes. Absolutely. I see a lot of dadus and the whole dadu thing is huge up there. What's the whole boom up there? I'm just curious. What's yeah, because we boom? don't have enough inventory. And, um, and so like every house was getting 30 offers. And so the city of Seattle said, okay, if you have a lot that is more than 5,000 square feet and you have a lot of space in the front or the back, mm-hmm. then you can build an additional unit. Once it's built, you can subdivide it and sell it off as its own home. <laughs> so you can, they'll allow that. That's easily. Yeah. That's amazing. So like but- I have a lot that I own free and clear. Um, in a part of Seattle called West Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I can build a single family home, an attached ADU, mm-hmm. and a detached um, a DADU. So you have three, two other properties on it on the lot. You can have, yeah, three properties total. Wow, that's amazing. And you can sell them off too separately. Yeah. It's, is a permitting process, is that simple? Or is it, do they allow? Actually, it's very simple because really? now there's so many people that do it that it's gotten that much easier. And yeah, it's crazy. Like, it, like a couple, three to six months to get a permit for that? Something? I think even sooner. Really? Man, it's like yeah. a year to get a it's permit. It's like an over to- the counter, like here's your dadu permit. I mean, it's oh not, but it's still like pretty. Yeah, yeah. Pretty- yeah. yeah, as long as you had it all right, the plans. Yeah. I wish they would do that in Hawaii. They, 
I have a friend who's literally all these targeting is all these dad do stuff, all these, that's all he's targeting. He's putting offers in just to find stuff he can dad do. Yeah. That's a smart business model. Yeah. It's more, but it's, you know, more ground up. Yeah. 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 I mean, it works. And especially if you can sell them. I just want to take a quick second. And if you're enjoying our content, please subscribe below. I love it if you guys can leave us a review or a comment or let me know what you guys thought. I love honest feedback and I love hearing what you guys think. Our question, Investor Insight today, uh, this week, we have a question is, uh, how did it feel going from a nine to five paycheck to going to uh, waves of money? Is it scary? I don't know about waves of money. <laughs> is it scary? How? What do you think that was the process of leaving your W-2 job to investing i'm curious to hear what you're gonna say because i it's funny because i did not have the golden handcuffs yeah um i worked a lot for very little money so my w2 job my nine to five was at nordstrom corporate Mm. um and i was a merchandise strategist and i actually worked my butt off like I would be at work at 7 7 30 and mm-hmm. I worked all the way to 5 30 sometimes without a break um and I just sat in front of a computer and worked all day and it was a really fun job um because I was buying like special occasion dresses and evening gowns and Oscar gowns and all that it was a really fun job for like the like the 118 stores in the company that's why you um, dress so nice uh, now i put it all together you always dress very nice very fashionable <laughs> um but then what happened was you know i i just got burned out and i wasn't getting paid as much and so i was like okay and plus i i've always been an entrepreneur at heart and so i was like oh, you know working for someone else is just not my thing So once I started investing in real estate, I was basically able, by year two, I was making 10 times as much as my paycheck at Nordstrom. That's a huge jump, like a huge jump. Um, Now I do that on two flips. But but what was that first year like making that like transition? First year was um, I basically quadrupled my paycheck and was it scary? It was stressful. It wasn't scary. It was very stressful because it was like, you know, you're learning a new business. You're being pulled in many different directions. Um, but it was really fun and exciting. For me, it was hard. It was, it was getting used to getting, you know, get paid every Friday and have that steady income to now, you know, you don't get paid on a flip and tell six months later or something yeah which is great money but that was a big struggle for me to get used to that lifestyle you know yeah uh, and when 100%. you do get when you do get paid not to spend all your money you know, yeah. because no, you have to make that money last through the year yeah. or the years ahead and um see that's I, why i i mean i was lucky because my husband does have a good w2 <laughs> And so because he has a good W-2, I was able to take on some big risks. That's helpful for sure. But yeah. for some of the people who don't have that, I can see that. It's very I, scary. I, I worked until I couldn't work anymore. I was literally fired um, because I was trying to flip and trying yeah. to do both. And my boss said, hey, you got to choose one or the other. And yeah. I was choose flipping. And um, 
but yeah. it was not, it, it's nice to have the W2, especially to qualify for loans, you know, having this insurances oh, yeah. and some yeah. other little, little things that, you know, as business owners, you, you now have to get used to it and so forth. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't have a spouse that, and you don't have that, um, I want to say extra income, uh, yeah. extra income and that like stability, then it's important to have a good nest egg. Yeah. So that if something happens, you can still, you know, um, fall back on your nest egg and you're not over leveraged. I think you're going to come to a day soon when you're going to make your husband have to retire because you guys are going to be making <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the hope. That's the hope. <laughs> have okay. to start investing in real estate. <laughs> yeah, hubby, hubby, come over here and start exactly. <laughs> helping on this side. I think it's going a little better. Yeah, exactly. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. But people often think we, uh, that last part is it, waves of money. I, I, people think we make waves of money. We make good money, but our money goes back into projects or it's It goes right back to investing. Yeah. yeah. And taxes. Yes. And taxes and yeah. And buy more rentals and whatever. And uh, and buy more it, rentals. Yeah. yeah. It's like I, a I, bug. Like you're bitten by a bug and like no matter what you do, you want to go buy that Oh, that shiny distressed property. I call it the shiny distressed property because it's like a shiny object syndrome. Yeah, it is. It you is. have yeah. to do it. You have to get it. You rather have yeah, the cash flow. Like, <laughs> so true. Exactly. But uh, every investor I know is cash poor, property rich, basically is the term. Yeah. So got just enough cash to keep the lights on and the doors running and the company moving and you know, keep on buying more rentals and more rentals exactly right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it is a little scary on in our side too <laughs> yeah true but um so the net last segment we talked about is the deal of the week um are you raising any money for any particular deals uh and do you have any projects or events uh that you want to talk about you wanna- yes so i actually i host a virtual meetup and it's once a month that and you can attend from anywhere so you can certainly attend from hawaii we have people from literally all over the world like we have people from haiti from um trinidad and tobago india germany west indies my mom's from guyana oh Oh, sweet (laughs) so see we have people from all over attend so you can definitely attend um it's once a month it's on my social media it's on my instagram it's on my linkedin so you can get all details to that event um i am raising a fund uh it's a fund just to invest in my ongoing projects and that's an open fund so anyone can invest in it um right now i don't have an actual deal um but we're busy underwriting it's just that how does that work they can go on they can go on your platform they can click uh, commit so they can yeah so you can go on my website rehabithomes.com there's a tab to um, invest with me and once you go on the tab you will be directed to my portal mm-hmm. and my portal has all the information and it's an open fund so you get to choose the type of deal or you define some of the deals on there basically yeah so it's not tied to any deal um it's just tied to the company mm-hmm. nice i want to copy that yeah. model myself yeah <laughs> and it's just a big interest rate and yeah, it's a fixed interest rate. It's a one-year loan term. Mm. 
yeah. I love that. I want to copy some of that. I love how you raise capital. That's great. <laughs> but um, it's it's the name of the game. It's finding good. It is. Yeah. Totally. Good investors. Yeah. But we're also having great deals to provide for investors as well, yeah. which is the name of the game both ways. So exactly. Um, right. Yeah. But talking about that, the last part is uh, how can people find you, of course, and what's the great ways for people to come buggy with a million questions? <laughs> yes. So I'm on Instagram. Like I said, I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Leka Devta. You can find me on both platforms and go on my website. You can email me through the website. So, uh, and the website is rehabathomes.com. Nice. And you're all over a ton of hosts on podcasts now. And you're on a ton of uh, big, big meetups. I'm going to see you up on stage and I'll be like, I know you. <laughs> You'll be right on stage with me. I got to I gotta get my name out there. Yeah. I'm a little longer of a flight sometimes. So it's harder to get to the events. I would be at every event <laughs> if I could. So, like a six hour flight, no matter what, whenever I go anywhere. So. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I don't. I don't have that luxury of a little hop skip sometimes. But um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for thank just being you on so the, the podcast, and we're awesome. super excited just to talk story with you. I love just yep. talking story with you. Um, we kind of threw out the whole notes out the window. We just talked. Um, so that's what's fun about it, and I think people will enjoy that. That's, that's that. awesome. Yeah. yeah be able to hear a real life conversation in a great atmosphere <laughs> exactly. but thank you guys thank everyone for listening and uh, thank you guys so much and uh yeah ask some questions comment on here and of course we'll answer all your questions and of course like and follow and all the great awesome stuff just do whatever you want but like us ask questions learn more and uh, keep growing so hello guys and thank you guys hello say hello say aloha Oh, aloha. Aloha. <laughs> oh, mahalo. Mahalo, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, uh... Mahalo for listening. <laughs>